Welcome to episode number 22 of the Subscription Podcast, everybody. I'm Paul Chambers. And I'm Louis Ricard. That was a lot of excitement. Thanks for thanks for being here today, Louis. Thank you for having me. Second time. This is, I'm not having you. This is us together. Like yeah. we are we are celebrating subscription. This is the podcast where we talk about everything in the world of subscription membership and recurring revenue. Episode number 22. We've made it past that 20 mark, which I'm really excited about. Um, today, I want to dive into a couple things. I want to talk about pricing strategies. Uh, been digging a little bit deeper into some of that, uh, some of the data that's out there around consumers, consumer spending. We're starting to head into the the holiday season, so helping brands think about pricing strategies a little bit, what they can look at. Um, there's some things happening out there in the world of subscription we should check in on. We'll play that game, subscription, uh, name that subscription game. Total of 30 points, we're 60 points away from our pizza party. Ooh. And then uh, we're going to talk about some amazing faces. We're going to do pick a random uh, 8x10 glossy. Got a stack of eight by ten glossies here, and we're going to talk about that person. Well, you should tell them like those are all Sub Summit speakers. These are all Sub Summit speakers from last year, and some of them are autographed. And if you get an autographed one, it could be worth some money. I'm wondering if it would have been funnier to just pick a random person, like completely random, not <laughs> related to. <laughs> we're on Facebook, and we we just found a bunch of people. Like, yeah, they could be AI generated as well. Um. So let's let's talk about pricing for a minute because I came across this post and I think you shared it as well about Tinder introducing their five hundred dollar a month VIP plan. That's wild. Five hundred. Would you pay five hundred? Okay, you just got married, by the way. Congratulations. We mentioned that in the Me? last podcast. Yeah. Do you really? Me? Um, my wife would love it if I wore my wedding band. So you just got married and Don't you no Tinder. longer need to be on Tinder. You, did you delete your hinge? I never had it. How? So you met Jenna at the gym, right? I We're did. not going to dig into that right now. It's not a subscription related thing. Well, I mean, Jim, I was a member. Membership. She, oh, you yeah. were? Yes. She was a member. It always, it always full circle. Isn't that amazing how it helps your life? Um, had you ever been on any dating apps before? I had a few times. Yeah. Okay. Did you pay for them? No, never. Okay. I'm also the type of guy who, like, I don't pay for Apple Music or Spotify. I go on SoundCloud, and I just, you know, you go push through, through the, the commercials. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're more cost-conscious consumer. And so that's what's interesting mm-hmm. here, and I think we need to talk about, is Tinder. We talked about Tinder and Hinge and stuff like the last time we talked about in previous podcasts. This is a new one. It's Tinder Select Premium Subscription for the most, <laughs> the most active users. <laughs> you know what's funny? When I read this the first time, <laughs> I thought it said for the most attractive users. I was like, this is really shallow. So you have to go through an application process, <laughs> and then they allow you to pay $500. Bradley would be all over it. Bradley, Bradley is like, it's just the peak of what a great person looks like. That's so, so true. Yeah. That's very true. I should be on the, the committee to judge for people to yeah. photo, accept them into yeah. it. Your photo is next to handsome in, in the dictionary. So by, by the most attractive user, you would be allowed to pay four ninety nine a month for Tinder Select. So it's actually active, not attractive. I swear in my life, I was like, God, this is so shallow, but I, I get it, I guess. Um, Honestly, though, that's a great, like, it's super not great as far as inclusivity mm-hmm. goes, but definitely not. imagine paying $500, but you get, like, the most attractive people. So then it becomes this kind of super sick. It's like, like Bachelor in Paradise on dating apps. I'm just saying, like, would you pay $500 if you were, if oh you knew? But like, based on who? Like, so the thing that they have on, on Hinge is they Algorithms, say, like, top. AI. Well, they have top selects. So, like, they have a thing where you can do, like, the one rose a week. Or you could buy more roses. And okay. it just it just provides all the most popular people. And it gives you, like, seven a day. So that is one of the things that does kind of narrow it down. Interesting. And that's like just selected mm-hmm. by how 
like everybody else. Be based on Reddit's opinions. <laughs> That'd be dangerous. Okay. So uh, it is a, in all seriousness, what it is, it's a VIP subscription. Uh, they, call it, they call it ultra, ultra premium VIP. And it is an invite only membership. Got it. Okay. Mm. So maybe they are utilizing yeah. some, some things in there, but it's targeting the active users that are more willingness to pay. And that starts to, to di- kind of drive me down the path of the story of two different consumers that are out there right now. And yeah, maybe like I fall you're, in between. You're, you're still right? budget I'll spend money. Sure. So what we're seeing the challenge in, in the economy right now is we have consumers that are more budget conscious, aren't spending, pulling in the, the spending that they're they're making out there right now. And then you have the wealthy, like wealthy and almost like ultra wealthy. They're buying the Louis Vuitton bags, the Hermes bags, the going on trips, going on trips, taking flights, you know, not caring what first class costs or whatever it is. And the spending doesn't matter Mm -hmm. to them. And so they're the ones that are probably more likely, maybe more likely to be buying Tinder Select. Well, is it a is it a way to expand your target audience? Right. Because when you think of and Bradley, you may have to correct me on this. When I think of Tinder, I think of like younger adults who probably don't have much money, who are trying to just meet as many people as they can. But what about the crypto bros? Crypto bros are on Hinge or on some weird like Christian. Are they going to go to Tinder Select now? So, but they might. That's what I'm saying. We assume every every probably majority of the twenty somethings don't have wealth at this point in life or significant wealth to pay five hundred dollars a month. But there's a market. There's a faction of them out there. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's like it. It's either the the lucky you know, and, and mm-hmm. wealthy 20 year old or something, bros. or it's the older generation. It's like, that's Tinder's way of saying, Hey, like we, we understand how our demographic works. Let's go to an, a new, a new thing where it's maybe elderly, you know, people that are looking for love. There's Grandma, this, grandpa on Tinder. No, but think about it. This, this new bachelor guy, he's like 70 yeah. years old. Well, that's yeah. The, what is it? The bachelor golden, golden years. Something like that. Know, but something that's like an interesting that. like concept of, okay, like that generation seems to be forgotten by a lot of of the golden bachelor, sorry. Why, why, why can't we, why can't we reach out to them because they might be looking for something see, and I they know what they want. I, I guess I'd be curious to see the the target audience here. I don't, I do, you do see that, right? Um, the baby boomers now are are realized they're in retirement. They have accumulated significant wealth. They're like, screw our kids. We don't want to leave it to them. Let's yeah. spend it all. And maybe you know, maybe they are out there on Tinder, select and willing to pay that. I just don't think that's actually the intended audience. I think it's those, and even like a lot of times there are 20 somethings who just don't care about money because they watch yeah. what our government spending is like. A lot of people, like, oh, we can do that. A lot of them don't That's own homes fine. anymore too. They're staying at their parents True. longer. So you save more money. So $500 may seem nothing. Like if you make yeah. a 50 grand a year job while not having to, pay or having to pay very minimal rent. Yeah. 500 might not seem like a big purchase. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, and it, it comes with a variety of features. And I, I think back to our gentleman's box days, when we introduced the gentleman's box premium box, it sold out. It was at the time it was a hundred dollar box. It sold out mm-hmm. in a day, and we had to get more inventory. and And so there's always that appetite for premium subscription out there. I think even more so now than ever before. And just something you know, encourage subscription brands and membership brands out there to look at. You know, is there another addressable market maybe that you're missing? By not pricing things high enough, it sounds crazy. And we're talking about two things too, right? There is, there is that premium value, but there is also the concept of exclusivity. And when you offer when you offer something that's premium, you do you can correlate it with that 
exclusivity. So Tinder doing something that is an invite only, and then you you have to pay five hundred. You're feeling like you're part of this very special club. Yeah. Right. And when you get we give people that feeling of I'm one of twelve people. Yeah. Immediately they feel incredibly important, which is the human nature. We crave for that feeling, mm-hmm. and they're going to be way more likely to spend. And then your goal is pretty much to retain them. And so throughout every step of your customer journey, whatever brand you, like you are, whatever you're offering, you can really ramp it up for consumers because they, you will find those who crave more and more and more as far yeah. as offering, as far as perks, as far as exclusivity, whatever, you name it. So so that's interesting too, you know, and I wonder, you know, it's like, you know, what kind of brands could, could do something like this? I mean, you take a look at Peloton right now. They're yeah. struggling. Um, you know, they're... they're the article here is talking about UBS lowered the price target amid certainty uncertainty around subscription growth. Is there like, how would you see an opportunity like that for a company like Peloton to come in and offer an ultra premium subscription? Would it come with like coming to the classes in New York, you know, like be able to come live into Peloton? Can you even do that? I don't know. Is that a thing? I know. I mean, that's one possibility, but we know, we know Peloton leverages, uh, I think Spotify or versus, uh, Mm -hmm. they have like a licensing deal with, certain artists what if you what if you like did a peloton class and beyonce was actually in the class like singing what if it was what if it was a class full of um same level people as far as like maybe it's a full of nfl athletes we know i know a few nfl players that brag about their peloton usage right mm-hmm. and so what if it was a class you're the only one and then everyone else is a former uh professional athlete true like the access to that you don't get it so until much. you become a Okay, what if it was uh, <laughs> the you know Lego Club and you just had access to? I don't know. But I love how you go to Legos. That's okay. You love okay Legos, but, oh, but there's Legos. something exclusivity and access, yeah. right? That you can give, and Peloton could definitely leverage mm-hmm. that with the big names that they have using their brand. Yeah, they they have um, you know Peloton had I just so I, I just searched this. Can you attend the Peloton classes in person? It's thirty bucks a class, so you can do that, but. Yeah, if they had an ultra premium subscription for hundred dollars a month, and you get to go to a couple in person classes, that'd be that'd be worth it. And and so like you know maybe, but that's already like a more premium brand because people are paying that much for the equipment yes. and things like that. Um, so let's think a smaller one. Let's think um, maybe a subscription box of some kind. Um, FabFitFun. Yeah. What could they, they do in your opinion? Five hundred dollars a month. You get a like a gold plated juicer yeah. juice shaker thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, there is there is a possibility. We know FabFitFun really vices yeah. vices subscription boxes. Like it's it's higher end. You're getting nicer things. Um, so I think it's just something to look at and, and something the brands absolutely can consider and, and find ways to to be more more to more audience. The bigger know, audience. Two segments I'm struggling to find an opportunity for. It's streaming and media. I'm having a hard time f- like discovering a point where. What does the Wall Street Journal do to give you a premium offering well, and vice versa yeah. with Netflix? Well, like you take, a, take New York Times, for example. They have multiple different mm-hmm. offerings, and they, they can start to bundle those, and, and you do see that happening now. Um, and so you can you can bundle up things a little bit more. And so, you know, there's, there's that, but could they create, you know, in-person experiences are tough. I, I think create more physical goods. That could happen from that. Streaming, streaming's an interesting space right now. Like, I'm telling you, super bundling and what needs to happen there. 
there's more and more uh, sports, like the fragmentation across sports is happening more. And did you just share this with me? No, Alex did uh, via text, actually. Uh, Utah Jazz owner uh, pulled away from their TV deal with RSN, mm-hmm. and they are starting their own local streaming service. Which is going to be interesting. I don't know how that's going to work with the NBA Game Pass situation. Because I think that's separate. The NBA owns them. I think I think the way this works, or the impression I'm getting, the way this works is the teams participate in what the NBA offers, but then there are other like local market deals that they can do, and so you know, locally here in the market, the Pistons uh, maybe do something with Fox Sports, or I don't think it's Fox Sports anymore. Now it's Bally. Uh, Bally yeah, Bally Sports. Um, and so that's your French accent coming to play the the Bali Sports. I was on my honeymoon for, uh, <laughs> for about ten days in. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, I think, um, you know, there's that opportunity for those teams, but that's a totally, what mm-hmm. an interesting play creating their own streaming service. He's a younger guy, he's 45 years old. So the owner of the team. And so he's like, Hey, let's find different, you know, ways to meet the, the fans out here. Well, I mean, he heard direct to consumer. He took that literally yeah. and he said, why, why rely on third parties? But they're giving up their own, like it's a guaranteed source of revenue. A lot of these teams, like that's their base income coming in. And then, you know, ticket sales and everything else on top of that is additional that they that they need that helps them like make the profit. But you know, now you're you're having to advertise and build this on your own. What a risk! What a potential upside! What an op- I see it more as an opportunity. Yeah. Why rely? Why keep relying on others if you have a great idea? Like yeah. that's the de- that's how the subscription industry has come to grow so quickly. Like so, you just you just see the opportunity that the consumers want to hear from you. The Utah Jazz fan base is notoriously incredibly linked to the team. They don't have a football team in like they don't have mm-hmm. they don't have something else to cling on to outside of college football, maybe, but that's it. They don't like, have uh, no hockey. They might, I'm not sure. Uh, we're the worst to yeah. be talking about this. I don't know why we're talking about this. But Bradley? Regardless <laughs> yeah, help I us. don't know, but I can check it help out. Us. But seriously, like Sports. when you have when you have a fan base that's that closely linked to a team for that yeah. many years, right? We talk about the John Stockton years. Like the team has always gone with the city and vice versa. So doing that on your own is not a, a cr- incredible risk in my opinion. It's if anything, it's an opportunity. And guess what? The T V deal's probably gonna still like they're gonna be there. If it doesn't, yeah, I mean they'll be there to clean up the mess after. Yes. But I, I think that you're you're exactly right. Now you have, and the other thing you have is, you know, so much more about your loyal customers. Who's watching? You know, they're watching this many games. Now yeah. you can send them different offers. You can give them, you know, opportunity for merch and things like that. You know, we notice you watch every single game. Um, have the jersey of this player, so on and so forth. Whatever you can it may be. A, a ticket packages that are no longer just season. Like it's no, it's no longer just a season ticket or just a one game. Like you can create. Right. Hey, you watched twelve games last year. Do you want a twelve ticket? Why isn't Cuban doing this? Why isn't? Why aren't the Dallas map? Like he's busy. Cuban, but see, like he would, he is busy with. He's focused on cost plus drugs right now. But he would have been the perfect person to roll this out. He launched broadcast.com, yeah. sold that for a bajillion dollars to Yahoo back in the day. So he knows, you know, this direct to consumer space. Every every You're just getting lazy. Every, well, or maybe Mark Cuban knows something that we don't. I don't know. Mark, we love you. <laughs> Not lazy at all. Call but us. The, the, what you have to think about is every city is different. So every team's kind of strategy is going to be different. So in Dallas, is there an opportunity or are they making that much on local TV deals that there's just no 
no big upside in, in going on your own. Maybe. I, I, I think I think it's just taking somebody to be an innovator in this yeah. space. And I think what we're seeing with the Jazz is going to be a real interesting test. For sure. To see what happens out there. While a lot of these other streaming brands are starting to like pull back. I mean, Disney announced that they're cutting content off of the offering. They're taking a $1.5 billion content write-off. Has that anything to do with the streaming service? Um, look at, I mean, maybe these, these companies do things in the midst of strikes. They're close to settling that strike, I think. Um, but no, like Ford announced a big battery plant closure the other day. And I think that's probably pulling into the strike conversations and doing that. But I think the bigger thing for them is they're pulling the titles from these streaming services because what's happening is they're continuing to have to pay for those titles to be on there. And these streaming services are losing money because they're continuously investing so much in content. And they can't keep paying for that content to sit out there. So they're like, okay, let's pull it off. Yep. We'll write them a big fat check to say, sorry, no more royalties and call it a day. It's an interesting strategy. The challenge is like, where does that content go? Goes to the content graveyard? We don't no. need to watch it ever like again? That's Peacock buys it. Paramount Plus buys it. Well, like and that can happen, Amazon. but it really hasn't a lot. That's true. No. Especially and Disney, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that's the one thing. Like, if I was a, a creator, I would want a physical copy. Now, they wouldn't do that because that's not the way it works. Or, like, maybe, like, a limited, like, limited release or later release because... Now we're getting into the point here where you can just pretty much erase something from existence, which yeah. is kind of scary. Because especially if you maybe are a dedicated person that show and it's just not popular and they just drop it off and like, well, it's gone now. Like I have to find illegal ways to watch it. So I, I mean, got an idea, Paul. I got visionary. You, you're going to outdo Bob Iger here? Yeah. You think this what, is... Bobby, chill I mean, out. What if... Bobby. What if... <laughs> Uncle Bob. We, what if we were able to put that content into, let's say, something of a disc form? And... Oh. I want to call it something. Um, D. We need digital three, versatile. It, it desk. needs to be a three-letter acronym. <laughs> DVD, and oh. we sell that, and then we do a Blu-ray. Just after Netflix work. shuts theirs down. I know. Blu-ray Coming because back, Disney is no, blue. One that's super interesting Coming that you mentioned that because there is a full cycle moment. But I want to hear what Bob's doing. So Bob Iger said on the earnings call, um, or yeah, Disney call with analysts. He said they're confident that we're on the right path for streaming's long-term profitability. And that as part of the company would be rationalizing the volume of the content we make and what we're spending. I mean, like they brought him back in for a reason to mm-hmm. uh, help make Disney Disney overall profitable. Um, and part of that is, you know, so what are they taking down here? I'm reading Willow, Mysterious Benedict Society, Dollface, the one and only Ivan. Um, things like I've never heard of any of those and probably not going to miss them. But if you're a fan... Like, yeah, it's you're right, Bradley. So it's gone. I've seen Benedict, and it's actually pretty good. Dang it! Um, so I, I mean, that. I won't be returning to to view it. So I mean, I think that's what it is, right? Like the people have came and went on that, but like they're also, you know, they when um, the previous CEO is Bob Bob Chapek came in, Two he bobs. like did like a thousand Marvel shows. I mean, a ton yeah. of Marvel shows, and now the. Bob Iger has basically said, like, we are going to reel that back in and focus more on quality shows and less of them. And that might be one of the things, too, not just, like, revenue-wise, but also content-wise. So Yeah, and you got to imagine how much money are they spending on rewinding all these movies, too, when people are watching them. Sure. You know. (laughs) Rewinding. There's a whole whole person there that hits the rewind button. That's got to be more than one person. (laughs) That's that's my dad joke for today. Single person. Think about that premium offering we were talking about, that $500 offering. Now, call me crazy, but what if you did something, not like the DVD, but better? What if Disney Plus became 
a premium offering that was only available by invite only to those who've gone physically to the Walt Disney World location. So, okay. All right, crazy. Let's talk about this. So you're saying Disney Plus? Yes, because Disney Plus is their biggest headache right now, right? Don't pitch this to Bob. We don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) We were talking about premium offerings, right? And Disney Disney Plus is clearly, that's Bob's biggest headache. So I'll walk, I storm into the room. <laughs> I fixed it. No, but so if it's their biggest headache, content-wise, distribution-wise, Disney Plus, overall, they don't know what it's to do with it. It's just losing money. Exactly. You can't do that forever. Exactly, which is why I'm saying, what if you did that as a premium offering? You can yeah. apply to, watch, to, to have access to it, and you still have to pay the membership fee for that, yeah. but you've had to go, to go to one of the Walt Disney World location or... Disney I think there's land. something within that, but you're saying you can only get access to Disney Plus if you've gone to a park? We're talking about a premium offering, just like Tinder. It's it's not for everyone. Okay. That's something like it you want to be a part of that club. You want those people who go to the Walt yeah. Disney World location, they want all of the Disney stuff. I think there's some sort of package in there around this for sure. I think there's something that comes with like getting into like a membership to a park, comes with Disney Plus. There's like there for sure is a ultra premium offering in there somewhere that would it would include annual visit to the park or something like that. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I don't think like you know restricting you can only get access to Disney Plus if you've been to a park. That sounds like I think Louis saying like a, a tier or a specific. You're saying just a tier. Content. Yeah, it's yeah, like okay. part of Tinder's offering. Like, of, so okay. you get not you, all Disney Plus. I got really best. hung up on the one part of that. <laughs> One that okay, yeah. I gotta yeah, refine like my pitch. Now I gotta refine it. Went so to same. the Marvel Hotel, which is only uh, in, in Disney. Also, they're shutting down the Star Marvel Wars Hotel. Content. Like, there's, sh- there's yeah, but that was doomed to fail. That I know. the whole the whole model of that was really interesting. It was it was way too much money too. Yeah, can you catch us up for the people who don't? So the hotel basically had an experience that none of the other hotels did because it was basically a ride. Within the hotel, like the hotel yeah, it was, like was three, you'd stay there for like two nights or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and there was yeah. consistently activities. There was it's basically like you would pretty it's much an immersive stay in there. You were immersed in yeah. you, f- you were to there. Feel like you were. That's yeah, cool. and it's like almost like you wouldn't need to leave to go to the park or anything. Yeah, like part that. of it was you would take a train to the park, and it felt like you're on a spaceship taking you to the park, and then you get dropped into the land. Cool. So it was a really cool experience, but it was like six thousand dollars. Right. You know, for okay. a couple to go there or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, like it's funny because that offering wouldn't work for a hotel, right? You you need constant revenue. Yeah. But it, it's when we talk about those premium offerings, there's definitely a possibility where Disney Plus might not be a headache, as much of a headache, if you find a way to, you know, layer in other additional perks to it. Yeah. And yeah. make it more exclusive. Yeah, I think so. And I think just like overall, like when we take a step back and look at pricing strategies as a whole, you know, brands have to think about like who's the who's the market where, and also like globally too. You know what what's the country you're marketing to? What's going on? I know this is something a lot of the media and publication really work hard on, and it's about the 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 right offering at the right price at the right time. So hard to do. It's so hard to do. But the more data you have, the more you understand those markets. The the stronger the offering can be. And in delivering something of value to the person, that's what we're constantly preaching in subscription here and on the podcast. It's, it's about delivering that, that value at the, the right time that they're going to want to stay there and be part of it for a while. And it's also understanding that there is value. Like, you don't have to give everything away for free. And I think that's what those brands are realizing. Like, we're, they're removing the freemium 
offering pretty much mm-hmm. from from their uh, from their listing. They're understanding like we we need money, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But we also offer a valuable a valuable product, and people will spend if they see the value. Now, right. your job as a brand is to actually make them feel that value every time they use your product or yeah. use your service. You have to because in in you know in the position that I'm in, I get to talk to a lot of different brands, a lot of different partners out there uh, every single day. And I can tell you the things that I'm starting to see and have been privy enough to like have sneak previews of, you need to be on your A game with what you're offering subscribers. They're going to have more and more ways and options to cancel, to, to get out of there. Don't give them the reason, like give them a reason to stick around and not even think twice about it because at, the further we get down the path with regulations, with technology, it is going to be so much easier for consumers to exit their subscriptions that they're in. Yeah. And, and give them reason not to want to do that. Do you think right now we're kind of a, in an era of like, not an era, but a, a cycle of brands playing defense and not offense? Um, or certain groups of, you know, like... The companies that are doing it right and all the, the people that I talk to that work in retention as some of the largest companies out there Say retention starts on day one of acquisition. And it's not a defensive play. It's 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 more of um in a lot of ways, like it is an offensive play of, mm-hmm. you know, let's just keep providing value, build on that relationship with our, our customers. And it, it happens in subscribe and save, you know, the auto ship pro- programs out there. It, it's happening in medium publication. So yeah, I, I think you know, the, the way to really look at it and, and these brands need to be looking at it is be supportive. Like that retention starts on day one, whether voluntary churn, involuntary churn, programs, offerings, things like yeah. that. Yeah, and when I, when, I, when I say play defense, I don't mean play the retention game. I mean like hope your customers don't leave versus give them reasons not to leave. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's the messaging and, and everything yeah. you're doing is just to, okay, we have an offering that works somewhat good. Let's just stick with it and let's just really do good on customer service side. Yeah. And no innovation. Let's just keep going with what we've had because it works somehow. And you can't win in this era of just innovation at all all yeah. around the country, all around the world. And no, all of your customers are going to be different in different yeah. ways and, and different offerings. You know, I was reading this article about Microsoft Game Pass. They're at... Actually, no, this wasn't even an article. This is a leaked FTC document in their lawsuit. Yeah, this was a big, a big, like one of the biggest ones in gaming. I mean, <laughs> it was like a ton of console stuff for next oh my year. Gosh. But yeah, they announced crazy. like the new, the roadmap. It's the roadmap to 2030. Yeah, that got released as part of the leak. FTC document. It was, it was sure. a yeah. massive leak. Um, <laughs> but they're projecting to be at 100 million Game Pass members by 2030. Do you know how many million. they have right now? 30 million, around 30 million, 25, 30 million. So in the next seven years, six, seven years, they're planning to layer in a lot so there. 10 million a year. And yeah. and Without and losing members. I well, think they, can, they got big acquisitions still coming. The big acquisitions. They're yeah. going to have exclusive titles that only Xbox has, and that's just going to keep bringing people. I mean, it even came out too. You saw part of the, the emails or the like Nintendo would be the career making moment but for them. But they've, oh no, I mean, it absolutely would be, but they've, they've tried to do that before. And a few people have tried to do that with Nintendo before. There was yeah. a point where before they launched apps, which kind of saved the company, um, they were not doing very well. And I think this was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's always been on the table. And I honestly, I bet Sony had thought about that before. Um, so I wouldn't take that as like that's going to happen, but no, uh, I don't think so. But the you know the new endpoints to the are the path to 100 million members, um, and you know they in here in this document in their path to that, 
They talk about, you know, unlocking new off-console endpoints and improving the experience mm. will substantially grow subscribers over the next eight years. And then another key point is personalization and customization. Continue as a hardware strategic advantage and key profit driver and customer delight. I think they read the annual report. I think they totally read our annual report. You know, and that's what it talks about it. And and that is, yeah, they, yeah, they reference here according to a sub to study. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's exactly it. And that's what we've been talking about here. So, you know, these brands, they're recognizing it. And I think it's, and we all do too, but the the bigger importance we put on that, the, the stronger a foundation that you have for maintaining those. The console business is a foundation for them and it'll be, continue to be drive a majority of revenue and subscribers, they say. So were you excited about that, Bradley, some of these documents out here? I mean, they're interesting. I mean, I've kind of moved away from console itself um, mm. because I'm more on PC now. And, and part of that is because all of the um, like upcoming Microsoft releases that are exclusive are all on PC too. So my, I'm basically getting the Xbox experience on PC. Because yeah. you're team Microsoft um, anyways. Well, no, I mean, there's certain games that Microsoft has by itself that are like, you know, something I would want um, that aren't on PlayStation, but they're on PC. So I kind of get the best of both worlds. However, there is still a Game Pass, you know, that Game Pass is still just as applicable on yeah. PC as it is on console, yeah. as I it mean. is on mobile, because you do it on your iPhone. And on PC, you're playing on a Microsoft platform. Exactly. And, and that's why they're doing is because you're all on Windows. And right. so it's still an ecosystem that, you know, is Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not ignoring that. Interesting. While also investing in AI, like in s I've never seen a company go after one thing so open, <laughs> so publicly. Like yeah. they don't care that you know that they're just, that's their end game. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. Um, what was I talking to you about this uh, the other day? I was talking to, oh, I was talking to Adam LeBinter about this. The, uh, Tesla Optimus robot. It's getting pretty advanced, the things that they're doing. I'm excited to subscribe to my robot. I was going to ask you. How, yeah. Yeah. A lot of questions. Hey, let's um, let's pick random headshots here. Uh, I'm going to have you pick two headshots out of here. We're going to talk about two people. These are 8x10 glossies from SubSummit. Why do you keep saying 8x10? No one cares about the dimension. They're 8x10. 8x10 glossies. <laughs> like, that's that's true, what you autograph. Just say, hey, these are our past SubSummits. I have a whole stack of my own 8x10 glossies that I autograph. All the time for the people. Eight by ten glosses. Yeah. Keep saying the dimension. Go get a tape measure. Let's measure it. And make sure. I it's trust eight you. By 10. I do. Okay, so you're going to pick two eight by ten glossies, uh, and then we're going to talk about those people and their subscription businesses. And when you attend Sub Summit, uh, if you're a speaker at the event, you get get off. It's not done. It's not ready yet. All right, I was ready. Um, you get. We print off eight by ten glossies. You walk the red carpet, and we work hard to find you to get you to autograph your eight by ten. No, glossy. no, we actually don't do anything. The paparazzi are on a mission to find you. Well, I know, but somebody's got to know, like, when they're coming down. Anyway, the paparazzi work hard to find you. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it is, and you're right. You're such a good Disney experience builder. I love you. Well, I know, because right. Bob didn't like so that. I, know, I, right? I don't know. What do I do, Brad? Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's so pick two. Pick two out of so there. My, my talk about heart these tells me you'd want me to businesses. go top, but maybe you're playing my No, stop. Watch this. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You can see some of the names. We're going to hide it. I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Let's see. What did you oh, come up with? That's a good one. Okay. I'm going to go with this. Some of the names are on the back of them. You couldn't see them. Oh, look at this. <laughs> that was good. We tried to set it up, but actually I tried to trick you. Which one should you show? Oh, we're going to do both. We're going to talk about right. both. So what's interesting is this one first, Jess Servian from Feastables. Uh, she's the head of their customer experience there. 
They don't have Amazing a subscription hit, business of any kind. Of and the reason they don't is because they can't, because Feastables are selling through the roof. So I saw Lex Friedman interview Jimmy on his podcast, um, aka Mr. Beast, and he talked about how they've been they've been just trying to keep up with Walmart. Now they're in Seven Eleven. Um, Jess is an absolute brilliant mind in terms of customer experience, like obsessed with customers. Did you get a chance to talk to her at all at Sub Summit? I last did year? not. I heard her session though. Uh, She's awesome. Which was my favorite. It's probably one of my favorites. And one of the most like giving people so generous with their time and conversation. Great podcast, I think, as well with. Yes, uh, she, she has Oopsie an Oopsie podcast, podcast yep. with Zoe uh, from Chomps and Zoe or Zoe? Oh, geez. I'm I sorry. think it's Zoe, but Zoe I've never Gary. met her either. Um, anyway, so they have a Oopsie podcast, which is a really cool podcast where they talk about with D2C operators and mistakes that they've made. They made an Oopsie. Oopsie moments. And it's, it's really fun because it, one, it's just, it's so humanizing. Like you're like, oh gosh, everybody makes mistakes. This is the mistake they made. So I think it's a great uh, concept there and talk about how they work through those things and stuff like that. So definitely recommend her, uh, follow her on X and LinkedIn as well. And she echoes all the sentiments we were yeah. just talking about, right? Like that Microsoft, uh, like personalization and customization. She could have those two words t- tattooed somewhere. I, I would believe it because that's everything that she preaches. Like yeah. she wants to know first, last name, Zodiac sign of every single one of her customers so that she can give them the best possible experience. doesn't matter what the yeah. brand is. She just wants them to have a great time because that's what's going to make them come back. Yeah. And I know she's on uh, Jay Dewani's network of the starters. Yes. Um, which is really cool. So you can hire her to do freelance work for you as well on her nights and weekends. And she does amazing stuff there. We actually couldn't have picked two of the better people out of this pile. Everybody in this pile is an amazing person. Um, but oh, like sorry. this, this other one, Ron Shaw uh, from Obvi, he's he's fantastic. Uh, going to actually be interviewing him for next week's podcast. Coincidentally, uh, going to be talking to him. And they're like, I don't understand how this man has time to jump on to do an interview with me. There's he's they're, they they acquired a company that they're building. They're building a pet cow, like a pet product that they're doing. Avi just rolled out to Walmart and he's speaking at events. He's, they'll be back at sub summit next year. He is doing other intimate events around like New York, LA, Austin. They're doing 32 events this year, like little dinners for D to C companies. It's wild. He loves the community. Yeah. That's his jam. He's the DTC community organizer. That could be one of his titles, but he's these two. Yeah. They're, they're just here to give back. And, and that's what, super cool. Yeah. They also have a podcast called chew on this. Yes. How do we get, like, randomly drew these two people, like, both have great podcasts, both giving so much back. But Paul, was it random? (laughs) It was, Was because I totally mixed them up there. You thought you knew where you were going. I tried to throw it out. Probably knows it wasn't random. Um, And, you know, so definitely check out myobby.com and then Feastables, which is where Jess is at. Jess is also starting a newsletter right now, too. Oh. A weekly newsletter where she's going to be talking about this. I don't know if these guys have a newsletter yet. Lots of great content out there. So if you want to find some people you can continue to learn from, these two are them. And I think that's some of my favorite characteristics of these two humans Mm -hmm. is they share things as they learn. Yeah. So on LinkedIn, we'll see those like super inspiring slides of, you know, like 10 things I wish I knew when I was 27. Mm -hmm. I like those, but they don't give me much value like right away. These guys say like, I just hopped off a meeting today. Yeah. where I discovered that this is wrong with my company. Yeah, Here's sharing. my plan to fix it. Ron, I saw a tweet the other day from him where he's talking about, or a post the other day from him where he's talking about um, he's they, they had major problems with their wholesale online and he's been working to correct those numbers. And it was, for most transparency, showing those numbers, showing what he's been doing to do it. 
he's he's a big proponent of building in public. Yeah. And I think that's super cool because it, it helps you understand the the pros, the cons, like the good, bad, and the ugly of it all. He's the definition of what I was referring to of playing offense. He yeah. doesn't care if other people build businesses. Like, yeah. fine, bring the competition. He believes in himself. He believes in the products that he's building. He believes in the teams that he's hiring. Like, right. That's the way it should be. Be right. confident in what you're doing or else you're not going to succeed. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, or it is awesome. So anyway, two great people. And I think uh, excited to talk about those two today. Absolutely. And so tune in next week's podcast. We'll, be, uh, we'll have the exclusive interview with Ron Shaw on next week's podcast, episode 23. All right, let's get into, should we get into our game show for the week, Bradley? Uh, yes. Would you like to do the interaction? Yes. I'll do the interaction. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for Name That Subscription. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's go. Name That Subscription is brought to you by TroyMenu.com. Visit TroyMenu.com for all of your menu needs in the city of Troy, Michigan. It's not real. <laughs> that was very good, though. It's a website that, that I started very, 20 years ago. Sounded Legit, I started 20 years ago, uh, and I drove around the city of Troy here and got these restaurants on my website. It was You can go to archive.org and look up TroyMenu.com. And I, we actually had online ordering. I pioneered like online ordering back in the day. And I learned that you can't stop in lunch hour, dinner hour at restaurants. The owners will not talk to you. It is the worst time of day. So I was, I was coming for you, DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> but I was about a decade too early on that. So anyway, not our sponsor today. Are we ready to rumble? Yes, I just want to remind our audience that the total points accumulated so far are 40 points. The team here today is going to be playing for 100 points. Once they get to 100 points, the office gets a pizza party. And, and we love that. So yes. I'm going to make it as easy as possible because <laughs> oh, I want pizza. <laughs> Bradley loves pizza. Um, Done. All right. Well, here we go. Let's do it. We're going to start with round one. Worth 20 points. That is correct. Worth 20 points. This company launched in 2011. Got it. Overseas and launched in the U.S. in 2012. I think I know this one, actually. Oh, shit. Oh, Stop. Oh, hey. I might. The if you get this right now, it's an immediate 100 points. Go, guess. HelloFresh. That is correct. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> get out of here! Stop it! Stop! What just happened? You my just earned. You just earned the office of being a pizza Play party. the music. Play the music. <laughs> Get that air horn going, Bradley. <laughs> what just happened? I'd like to take this moment to thank uh, my family what for pushing me uh, to be wow. the best version of myself. This is I'm not done saying thank you. Thank you. I, uh, did you look at the sheet? <laughs> okay. Well, now I'd, I'd like to break it down. Then. In that yeah, case. let's let's get so through some of the clues. I'm just going to chill here for a second. Man, He's just going to enjoy it. He's just going to enjoy it. I feel very good that about was, myself right about that now. That was like, I can't very impressive. how good I feel about myself. Oh my Pizza. Pizza. All right. Wow. I, I made a promise. I, I didn't can't th- break. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't think that was an easy... <laughs> it was just two dates. <laughs> All right. So what... What? So it was we'll, the we'll overseas. It, it, I'm assuming it's the overseas... Thing that is that what the what reason I it? remembered them? Yeah, overseas, and uh, I did a in-depth case study about them on the I think 2021 <laughs> annual report. So I remember this. <laughs> Good work, Louis. Good research, Thank buddy. You. Thank That's you. unbelievable. Okay, wow. so give us the rest of the clues to the audience. 
Okay. I'll actually do it for you. I think I right, it was. Yeah. Why don't you just do the clip? I should have had you write it down because now, now that like, was amazing. People like playing along with this game, and everybody's gonna be right. like, "Well, not playing that next now time." Now it's done. Oh gosh. Um, right. What are the rest of the now I have so, to apologize. <laughs> So, according to a reputable source, their revenue is $8.1 billion. A reputable source. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Was that the South annual report? Inside information. Oh, and it could be. Um, in 2023, Q2, EBITDA up to 31.5%. Ooh. Okay. I'm also naming my uh, first child EBITDA. Oh, my gosh. That's a great EBITDA coster. I think so, too. I love that. Wow. That actually kind of rolls off the tongue. It does. <laughs> Stealing it. Um, Chris, Chris Chambers. All right. Well, set two was the global market <laughs> for this product was $14.8 billion in 2022. They have around 20,000 employees. At the end of 2022, had 1. million active customers. It was a physical product. And lastly, a 2018 study revealed half of the subscribers cancel within a month with only 20% keeping their subscriptions for six months or more, which I think is the most interesting of all I'd be all curious to know how many facts. come back around. Because right. we do that. Yeah. We do that in my family. We'll cycle through it. Sure. We'll be like, okay, well, we're busy again. We'll slow it down. We're not doing the meals. And then we'll we'll bring it back in. So I bet their, their retake Comes rate is Do you cycle high. through as in, like, you just do it, then you don't do it, then you do it again? Or yeah. do you do HelloFresh, then you do Blue Apron, then you um, try? Every so often we'll rotate, but if we find that we're happy with the meals they're getting and got it, the food, the quality came okay, so we So it's won't about that switch. first time, yeah. Yeah, if if like we're not having to like, oh, you know, the the potatoes were all bruised up again or something, I don't know, you know, like something like that, then we would switch. HelloFresh Hello is interesting in their marketing, like because I think I get an email a week Mm-hmm. At the very least, of like sixteen free meals on us. Yeah, and every time, I'm like, oh, I could do it, but then I know that I'm going to cancel. Like I would say, I, I know for a fact if I do it, I know I'm going to cancel a month later because I'm not going to need it for. You're. I get a lot in physical mail too. Interesting ah. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do a lot of that. You're not a target customer, I don't think. No, and it, like that's you know that's another one for a, like a ultra yeah. premium subscription. Uh, partner with like Omaha Steaks or Good Ranchers to like get some really good steaks yep. in there and the pa- oh my gosh the partnerships thing would be yeah that could be interesting panel they got the wine they do they do upsells and cross sells on it too what were some of the other hints Bradley yeah so this would be the next round for five points um, IPO'd in 2017 on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange been a Cube nominee three times and won once who knows if that's correct because that didn't work last, <laughs> didn't work last time. time <laughs> yeah. You guys were off last Whatever. time? Whatever. <laughs> wow. No quarterly n- nor monthly to shipped on a weekly cadence. Yeah. That, that would have that would have been a, Probably a done it. tipper for me. Yeah. And I think this next one should have been in the ob- the most obvious one for one point. But he says, Chris said, logo has a lime in it. <laughs> so that, that probably, probably would have done it. One point. We're going to add 41 points. Instead, we have 140 points now. We have over exceeded. Hey, Bradley. What a. That was amazing. What a pivotal moment in this podcast today. I came through Ladies and gentlemen, team. we have experienced history. Not only do we have a sponsor that's non-existent in business for the last two decades, we also had <laughs> Louie come in with a win off of two hints. Crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, anything else me, Anything else me. before we depart here today? Call me two hints, Louie. And Chris George would have never been able to do that. I'm just going to say that. No. no uh, that. <laughs> just got to throw shade to my boss. <laughs> Thanks for not well, being on the podcast. Bradley, yeah. Louis on Insta. Thanks for being the last podcast with us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you made it Good past. Luck doing it with us. Yeah, this is it. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here today. Really appreciate it. If you liked this, if you liked the excitement that we conveyed when Louie got it off of two hints, make sure you tell your friends, share this, post it different places, leave a comment, give us feedback, shoot us an email. Let's talk at subta.com. As always, subscribe, do the, all the buttons around it. And thank you so much. Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to be interviewing Ron from Avi that we talked about a lot today, talking to him about his business, things that he's doing. And, and Paul, um, big, big stuff, summit announcements coming oh over the gosh, next couple yes. of months. So everyone stay tuned. Stop. There's a lot of good goodness coming up in the next couple of months. That's all I can say right now, but just strap in because it's going to be one of yeah. the best, best, the best event you've ever been to. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The conversations with the brands that I've been having that will be in attendance at Sub Summit this year. Yes. That are going to not only be speakers, but also be in the room is I, I don't we're so fortunate to be able to have so many amazing friends that will be there and it's just going to be an amazing room to have conversations and i can't yes. say the word amazing enough amazing so, yeah. i gotcha all right thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you next episode bye